Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and watching the Football Betting Podcast with me, Tom Pipkin, my co-host, Tom Walker. It's great to finally be back recording a podcast. We are on the 12th of January, Thursday night. Uh, we've got a big weekend of English football action to look forward to. We're going to look through the Premier League, the Championship, League One and League Two, picking out our betting highlights from each of the leagues to hopefully bank everybody a little bit of extra cash this weekend. Uh, we are sponsored by matchbook.com as ever. You can use the sign-up code TFBPODCAST uh, when you register for Matchbook to get yourself a nice, juicy sign-up bonus. And I think no better place to start, Tom, this week than with your big, juicy Twitter tip that you put yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, first of all, it's obviously very belated, but a happy new year to all the listeners. We had to take a couple of weeks off very busy personal lives I think everyone can understand this time of year is pretty wild for family and all that kind of stuff so thanks for bearing with us but yeah if you did follow us on twitter t underscore fb podcast you may have noticed that I tipped up Stevenage to be Aston Villa in the FA Cup it was priced at the time at 18.0 on matchbook.com obviously Tom, you mentioned off air, you think somebody got it at 20s. It was obviously a a pretty huge outsider that ended up landing. Uh, And that was a great way to continue form that we left off in 2022. We had a good World Cup, the EFL action that sprinkled in there. And and afterwards, we won back-to-back doubles. We usually do a treble, but because of the weather that was happening at that time, it ended up being a double. So I count that, Tom, as two doubles and an 18.0 single um, to shout about. So not too bad. T underscore FB podcast is the Twitter handle. That was the only place that that tip was available. We didn't do a pod. It wasn't on any social media, just Twitter. So can't promise 18.0s every week. But if you're interested in a little bit of extracurricular (laughs) pod, uh, particularly with the midweek EFL and Champions League, T underscore FB podcast. Yeah, well, I don't think there's an 18.0 we could possibly pick from uh, all the games this weekend. I think looking around the matches, the highest I can see is uh, 6.8, I think. Mm. But what we'll do is uh, go through each of the Premier League games now, uh, we'll go through each one one by one in the Premier League, and then we'll go through Champ League One and League Two, picking out our best bets from those particular leagues. Then we'll wrap them all up in a nice juicy treble at the end uh, to hopefully get another winner in the bank there. Um, so, yeah, kicking off on Friday night then, Tom. So hopefully by the time this goes out, which will be Friday now because we're recording late on Thursday, <laughs> this won't come too late for uh, for some people listening. But Villa are playing Leeds, 1.99 for Villa, 3.7 for the draw and 4.3 for Leeds. Uh, Any strong fancies for you in this one? Honestly, did my research, had a look around, you know, had a look at both teams, had a look at the draw, double chances, couldn't land on anything, to be honest (laughs) with you. I I think maybe goals, uh, Leeds... Um, have had 64.71% of their games go over 2.5. And Villa is actually surprisingly smack bang on 50-50 for overs. 
Um, so maybe I was thinking possibly both teams to score. It's priced at 1.78. I think that's a smart money. I, I, I'm not 100% on anything, though. Two wildly inconsistent teams. Yeah, that's where I was going to land. If anything, uh, the both teams to score. Seven of the last eight Leeds games have been uh, both teams to score and Villa have conceded in four of the last five. So they're struggling to keep clean sheets as well. But um, nothing massively strong. I agree with you there. Uh, so we'll move into Saturday. Uh, we'll get kicked off with Manchester United against Manchester City. This is a 12.30. What a great way to kick off our Saturday football afternoon. 4.4 for Manchester United, 4.0 for the draw and 1.91 for City. I've got to say that 4.4 for Man U looks very tasty, doesn't it? I can just feel myself. It's like a bit of a black hole. I feel myself just getting sucked in. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be investing. Let's let's yeah. not be around the bush. But you know Look, what? Like Man U on they're on a fantastic winning run, aren't they? Especially at home. They won six in a row across all competitions. Um, at home, they've won six out of the last seven in the Premier League. Um, fantastic run of form across all competitions. They're, they're the only team in English football that's left in all four uh, available competitions. So Premier League, Champions League, EFL Cup and FA Cup. So things are going really well for Manchester United. Um which is something we've, I feel like we've not said for a while. Um, Manchester City, of course, off the back of the quarterfinal defeat to Southampton, uncharacteristically, didn't get a, a single shot on target throughout the entire match. Um, and I don't know how much you want to read into that, but if they're coming into this game not quite at the races, I think Manuel will beat them. So I don't have confidence in either team. And, I, and I'll tell you why um, right now. It's opposition. So I'm having it, Tom, you're right to read out how well Man United have done. But I'm going to read you who they've played post-World Cup. Burnley. Nottingham Forest. Wolves. Bournemouth. Everton. And Charlton. That's been their mm. opposition. So who's the best team out of them? Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth. I don't know, one of them. That's an almighty, it's a ginormous leap to Man City, even though Man City are kind of limping at the moment. And again, I don't know what to read into their their form, Tom, because Leeds have been, so this is what Man City have played. Um, they've beat Liverpool, Carabao Cup. Okay, that's good. Uh, they beat Leeds. I'm not sure Leeds are, are all that. Drew to Everton, Everton are poor. They beat Chelsea. That result, is aging like milk, to be honest with you, because we're seeing how bad Chelsea are. And maybe, yeah. you know, on the face of it, that looks like a massive win. But I think we're learning that Chelsea are, are really bad at the moment. Obviously, they went, beat them in the FA Cup 4-0. Again, got to give them credit where credit's due. But Chelsea, again, really poor at the moment. That result, aging like milk. And then Southampton beat them in the Carabao Cup. I, I just don't I don't trust either team to be honest with you. I will be having a look at Man United. I will be having some money on them. I cannot resist four point four for Man United at home in any capacity, especially with Rashford the way he's playing. 
I think 1.71, both teams to score is, is a little smarter, personally. Um, you know, I could see both teams scoring for sure. Some <laughs> tremendous attacking displays on offer. City have been really wobbly at the back. United always seem to have a, a bit of a a bit of a chink in their armour that, that can be got at. So, yeah, 1.71 for me, both teams to score. I will be fluttering on United because of the price, but I don't trust either team. Fair enough. Uh, double chance, 2.0 for Manchester United as well, I looked at. Uh, so that's United to win or draw. Um, yeah, really looking forward to watching it nonetheless. Uh, let's move into Brighton against Liverpool then. 3.5 for Brighton at home, 3.85 for the draw and 2.22 for Liverpool. Uh, some cracking goal-related stats for these yeah. two sides. Um, Brighton, no clean sheets in four. Liverpool, no clean sheets in eight. Um, over 2.5 goals, nine out of the last ten for Brighton. Eight consecutive games for Liverpool. Both teams to score. Again, nine out of the last ten for Brighton. And you guessed it, eight consecutive games for Liverpool. So... Take your pick, I guess. Uh, both teams to score over 2.5 or maybe a nil-nil to throw a curveball in there. Nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, both teams to score seems pretty nailed on. It's 1.56. It's extremely skinny. Uh, yeah, extremely yeah, yeah. skinny. Uh, I don't trust Liverpool to go there and win in their current guys, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm still learning about Brighton, I know they've been great. Um, I would have a little look at them at 3.5, possibly. Uh, I think they're playing the better football at the moment and they're in the better groove. So, yeah, maybe uh, having a little bit of fun with Brighton at 3.5, but nothing too serious there. Uh, could have a little tickle on the over 3.5. You know, I mentioned the, all the over 2.5 and both teams to score stats. Over 3.5 offers a little bit more. Uh, that's 2.48. It has landed in the last four consecutive Brighton games across all competitions. And uh, both teams to score and over 3.5 has happened in seven of the last eight Liverpool mm. games. So, full of entertainment. Yeah, should be good. Yeah. Um, on to Everton against Southampton then. 2.34 for Everton, 3.45 for the draw and 3.45 again for Southampton. Now we've got here big crunch crunch tie at the bottom of the league. Uh, Everton in 18th, Southampton in 20th. And yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I really wasn't sure where to go, but I'm just wondering if the recent cup results will reinvigorate Southampton. They looked terrible when Forrest beat them um, a week or so ago, 10 days ago, however long it was. But beating Man City 2-0, is that going to be a catalyst? That feels like the one thing I'm clinging on to here as uh, as something for this game. Um, so if it can be a catalyst, because Everton have been very poor, 3.45 for Southampton could be a could be a good price this weekend, but it's not something I'd be investing much money at all into. First goal wins, I think, here. Um, I think either team would crumble if they went behind, especially Everton in front of their very angry home fans. Obviously, 
Uh, I mean, I'm a big believer in it in the EFL. I'm a big believer in the ladder, the pyramid. Give it, you know, giving people an opportunity from the league below who have excelled to produce in the league above, no matter what level that is. I, I really, it really bothered me the amount of criticism Jones has got and people talking about him losing his job and and all this kind of stuff. It absolutely drove me crazy. As much as I need Southampton to go down as a Forest fan, I, I thought it was really unfair. Um, mm. But the fact fact of the matter is, they were pretty poor to start off with. Perhaps a, an early Everton goal, maybe the players will crumble. Obviously, away fans are the most dedicated fans of any club. Uh, maybe they get upset and, and start turning. So, first goal at least doesn't lose for me. I can't see anyone coming from behind. A uh, bit of a dog's yeah. dinner of a game, but quite exciting. No tips yeah. for me. Zero. Yeah, definitely. It's almost one of those games where it feels like it may favour the away side because, like you say, Everton home fans, very unhappy and restless at the moment. Southampton, their home fans have been very unhappy and restless at the moment. So it might actually favour the side playing away because there's less pressure coming from the crowd on them. Um, yep. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, on to the biggest game of the weekend. Forest against Leicester. Mm. This is the derby that matters, isn't it? Not forget the Manchester no. derby. This yeah, is this the is one. This is this it. This is the one. 2.78 for Steve Cooper's Mighty Reds. Uh, 3.45 for the draw and 2.82 for Leicester. Um, we spoke about this briefly before we came on air. I'm pro-Forest. You're pro-Forest. Mm-hmm. And it's a lovely price if we can get uh, another three points. It's the home factor for me at the moment, um, coupled with the fact that Leicester are on a really poor run of form. So, uh, Forrest unbeaten in five at home. Um, that's in the Premier League. If we include all competitions in that, that uh, extends out to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Um, Leicester not won a game since they've returned from the World Cup break. So, yeah, uh, struggling. And I think, yeah, City Ground's a tough place for them to go at the moment. And Forrest will come into this full of confidence on a high after beating Wolves in the uh, in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup on penalties. And, um, yeah, I'd like to think we could get another win here. Yeah, one word for me that sums it up, injuries. There's a ton of players missing at the back for Leicester that are, that are first choice. In addition, the best player probably on the pitch for both teams would be James Madison if he was available. He is apparently not going to be available for the game, which I think swings the pendulum even more to the side of Forrest. Uh, I don't think Steve Cooper's managerial style is built on revenge, but it is worth noting that Leicester humiliated Forrest at the King Power 4-0. That was one of the worst Forest performances I've seen in a long time. Uh, for sure, the worst of the season and the lowest point. Obviously, moving forward now, we're in a position where Forest can leapfrog Leicester um, with a win. So, obviously, or even a, uh, yeah, it has to be a win, sorry. Yeah, they can leapfrog, leapfrog Leicester with a win. So, the the sales are definitely a win to Steve Cooper's side. Willie Bolly has been... Fantastic recently. He went off injured um, in the quarterfinal against Wolves. Scott McKenna likely to come in. Uh, didn't didn't put a foot wrong. 
I would say, in the Premier League. However, that bolly Worrell partnership was was definitely something that Forrest would look to build from. Awani, unavailable as well. Likely going to be Gibbs-White as that kind of false nine with two wide forwards, likely to be Gustavus Scarpa and Brennan Johnson. The, there's injuries on both sides. I just think, as you said, Tom, the Forrest factor plus no James Madison. I'd be looking at Forrest. The only little thing that concerns me ever so slightly is Forrest played an emotional game on Wednesday night. Now they're playing on Saturday. Leicester went up to um, Newcastle, had their bellies tickled on Tuesday night, had an extra day to recover, didn't exert as much emotion and energy. So that's the only thing I, I can see in Leicester's corner, but Forrest for me. Yep. Cool. And uh, the last three o'clock, Wolves against West Ham, price very similarly, really. So uh, 2.78 for Wolves, they're the same price as Forest. 3.35 for the draw and 2.9 for West Ham. I guess you could apply some of the similar factors that you've just spoken about for Forest, uh, for Wolves, really, uh, in terms of they're on the wrong end of the penalty shootout defeat in the quarterfinal, exerted again a lot of mental, emotional energy in that game but I was just looking at this and thinking I feel like from what I've seen of Wolves I feel like they've got enough A to get out of trouble and B to beat a struggling West Ham side especially because it's at home um, yeah I I just don't know with West Ham at the moment they're on a really poor run and yeah, not won a game since we came back from, from the World Cup in the Premier League. And Wolves, without winning, I feel have looked uh, all right. Uh, obviously, lost against Forest, as we mentioned. But if they could put it, if they could have put the chance to where they could easily have scored three against Forest, uh, drew with Liverpool in the Cup, unlucky there. Um, lost narrowly to Manchester United, beat Everton, drew against Villa, so they, they they played all right without winning, I think, Wolves, and I think they can finally get three points under Lopetegui this weekend. Yeah, uh, there are uh, four teams at the bottom of the away form uh, table, and they're on five points from nine games, uh, and that is West Ham are one of them, along with uh, Bournemouth, Forest, and oh, Leeds have played eight. I, I do apologise. So, yeah, uh, West Ham, Bournemouth and Forest played nine games, just five points away. They've won one match on the road. I agree with you, Tom. Uh, I've seen, despite Wolves, as you mentioned, having that Wednesday penalty defeat kind of end to uh, their Carabao Cup run, I've seen a, a good improvement under uh, Lopetegui. And, you know, they're, they're looking like there's life in them. And at one stage, it looked like they were not dead and buried, but it looked like they were going to gonna, gonna uh, really, really take it down to the wire. West Ham, worried about them, to be honest with you, really worried about them. Scored just six goals on the road uh, this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. I think Wolves will get an ugly win. I don't think it's going to be pretty at all. Yeah. Joe, you know what? I do think there's... Definitely a good uh, double chance accumulated to be made at the Premier League games Ooh. this weekend. You know, if, you, yeah. if you're looking at, say, Man United, Southampton, Forest, Wolves, all on the double chance. 
for example. Um, yeah. And you still get decent price, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, finally, and anyway, for Saturday, Brentford against Bournemouth, 1.69 for Brentford, 4.2 for the draw, 5.7 for Bournemouth. And it's all going wrong, isn't it, for the Cherries? They've lost uh, seven of their last eight Premier League games, uh, kind of plummeting towards the relegation zone, aren't they, really? And I can't see it getting any, getting any better for them away this weekend, can you? No, they're going down for me. They're going down for me. Yeah, I think if you I agree. if you go back into uh, a podcast, maybe just before the World Cup, I mentioned that I thought then that they would go down when they were on their upward curve. This isn't recency bias. This isn't me looking at a bunch of red L's and going, yeah, these are rubbish. They're going down. I thought there were signs before the World Cup. I, I, I thought the... I thought... This is going to sound really disrespectful because I've just tooted the horn of the EFL. I just think when you're in the Premier League, Wolves went out and got Lopetegui, right? Forrest have given a new contract to one of the brightest British managers around, right? Fulham have Marco Silva. They've just been promoted. It, you know, Aston Villa go out and get Unai Emery. I'm not saying Emery's going to come to Bournemouth. But with all due respect, for you for you to put your Premier League survival against those managers in the hands of Gary O'Neill based off a couple of results when he's caretaker manager was absolutely crazy and it's proving that, you know, they're they're not up to it at the moment for me. Brentford, mm-hmm. on the flip side, you know, talking about managers, can't stand the guy, but one of the brightest managers in the Premier League, maybe in Europe, in Thomas Frank, who is destined to to go on to bigger things once his project at Brentford is done. And they've still got Ivan Tony for now. So they're going to ride that wave whilst they can. And, you know, even if they don't have him, they've got so many great, uh, great threats. You know, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Brentford. I think they'll get a comfortable victory. Cool. I agree. Uh, let's move on to Sunday then. We've got three games to cover here. Chelsea against Palace is the first one. It's at two o'clock. 1.73 for Chelsea, 4.1 for the draw, and 5.5 for Crystal Palace. The, the form that Chelsea are in, how everything seems to be just going wrong for them at the moment. I do feel sorry for Graham Potter and the situation that he's that they're in. Um, 5.5 for Crystal Palace and Chelsea at 1.73. Crikey, you got to be, it'll be crazy to put your money on Chelsea at that price, haven't you? You'd think so. You'd really think so. I mean, they are in disarray. They are in disarray. Now, let's have a let's have a think about this, Tom. We're at the roulette table, right? And at the minute, it's all red. It doesn't stay red forever, right? Eventually, it's going to be black. But how long hmm. does it carry on being red for? And that's Chelsea's form for me. They're they're too good. They've got too many talented players to keep losing week after week after and start slipping down to, I mean, a 10th at the moment, they're not going to slip down to 15, 16, 17. Forget it. It's just not happening. So eventually they're going to turn the corner. Crystal Palace for me are a good opposition to kind of go up against Chelsea at the moment. They are pretty inconsistent. And when they play bad, they are, they stink when they play bad. They absolutely (laughs) 
honk the place out. They've not won any of the last 11 games against Chelsea. Uh, I'm not backing Chelsea at all, but I'm just saying it may not be as, as clear-cut as you think. I think there aren't any signs at all to base this on, but Chelsea are too good to, to struggle for too much longer. Yeah, well, I guess the frustrating thing for Chelsea is that their main bright spark, Jao Felix, got himself yeah. sent off. So now he's going to miss the next three games. <laughs> he he looked like the one who was really going to come in and he played really well on his debut until the red card. But, um, but yeah, I'm not going to put anything on this particular game, I don't think. But um, no. intrigued to see how it goes. Like you say, Palace have got a shocking record against Chelsea. You said they've not won for 11 consecutive games they've actually lost all 11 consecutive games oh there you go so um, yeah so I think Chelsea will kind of be hanging the hat on that really won't they they've got such a fantastic record against Palace Um, but we'll see Uh, let's move on to Newcastle against Fulham Newcastle at home priced at 1.57 the draw is 4.6 and uh, Fulham are 6.8 so they're the biggest price out of everybody in the Premier League this weekend. Um, I've got a theory about Fulham, which I want to run by you. Mm. And you might completely disagree, and so might a lot of listeners. But um, I- I'll give it to you anyway and see what you think. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't want to take anything away from what they've been doing because they've done really well this season. Um, newly promoted into the league, as we know. Um, I feel like they've got quite fortunate in a lot of their games. Um, they've had a lot, a fair amount of red cards going for the opposition that they've then taken advantage of and subsequently won the game. Um, by that, I mean cards against Villa, two against Palace, one recently against Chelsea. Um, they had that Man City red card against them as well and they, they looked like they're going to squeak a point out until Haaland scored a 95th minute penalty. Um, and I feel like they play teams a great time to be playing that opposition. So if we look at their run after the uh, after the World Cup, you know they played Palace, they beat them, two red cards for Palace helped them along the way there. Uh, they played Southampton, excellent time to play Southampton, they beat them there. Uh, Leicester, Leicester on a run of consecutive losses, great time to play Leicester, beat them there. Chelsea red card goes in favour of Fulham, so they beat Chelsea. I feel like it's been a theme throughout the whole season. They've got quite fortunate with how the fixtures have panned out for them and with the opposition getting red cards against them, but credit to them for capitalising on that opportunity. Honestly, I didn't know where you were going with that, but it's it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue, to be (laughs) honest with you. Uh, I didn't quite realise how many reds had kind of been flashed for their opposition. Um, yeah, I, I it's hard to disagree. And you kind of touched on what I was going to say. I know they're playing really well. They've won five games in a row in all comps. But just to blast through those five games again, you know, Palace away, Southampton at home, Leicester away, Hull away, Chelsea at home. We just spoke about Chelsea, you know, again, with every single result, any win against Chelsea looks worse and worse. Um, and they've played some teams in absolute disarray. Going away to a team unbeaten at home all season, 
with everything that's going on at St. James's Park, the displays and the fans, the unity, the excitement behind uh, behind the club. It's it's a really tough place to go. If Mitro's back, that gives them a boost, right? Old team, he scored 11 goals. People talk about Almiron being, you know, absolutely on fire, potential PFA player of the year. Well, you know, even though he's probably played better than Mitro overall, Mitro's got 11 goals for a team way worse off in the league. So huge danger. That's a big turning point for Fulham. But let's be honest, we, we should see a Newcastle win here. And Tom, they're being priced like a like a big dog now. They're being priced yeah. like a real big dog. Like I Today, yeah. when I was doing my research, that was when I really noticed that Newcastle are now being priced at a, a honking, you know, 1.57. Bloody hell. Shortest priced team in the whole Premier League this weekend. Wow, there you go. Right? It's, it's pretty wild to say they're playing against the, you know, a mid-table side. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, would be a surprise, I think, if Newcastle didn't get the three points, uh, which leads us on to the North London derby. So Tottenham against Arsenal rounds off the Premier League for us. 3.3 for Spurs, 3.75 for the draw and 2.28 for Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal don't have a great record at Tottenham away from home. So at Tottenham Hotspurs, new stadium and, and uh, old White Hart Lane as well. So they haven't won away in the league at Tottenham since 2014. Uh, that's a run of one, two, three, four. It's about eight games um, in the league since they won away at Spurs. However, I feel like this could be the, the year. I feel like Arsenal, just, they keep impressing me. When I think they might slip up, they, do, they continue to do well. They continue to win. Um and Spurs, I'm completely unsold on. I don't know what I'm going to get from Spurs from one week to the next. Uh, so 2.28 for Arsenal is where I'm going to go with this one. Arsenal haven't kept a clean sheet against Tottenham uh, for four, sorry, for 12 consecutive games. So I'm going to pad that out a little bit more with uh, Arsenal to win and both teams to score. Uh, the price for that is 4.4. But yeah, I'm going to go for the Gunners here. Same. Um that that kind of stuff doesn't scare me, Tom. I'll be honest with you. It really it really doesn't scare me one bit. Harry Kane is the only thing that worries me as an Arsenal backer. As of October the first, twenty twenty two, he became the top scorer in North London derbies. He's got fourteen goals in North London derbies. Um, he overtook Bobby Smith and Emmanuel Adebayor, who are second with ten, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, apart from him, it's looking pretty flat, isn't it, for Tottenham? Wildly inconsistent. I'm really not sure what I'm going to get from him week to week, but I know what I'm going to get from Arsenal. They've had so many different tests. They've they've had the pressure on. They've been underdogs. They've been fr- frustrated, like against Newcastle. They've been beat up a little bit. They've absolutely purred and bopped teams off the park and completely destroyed them. They've come... Uh, from behind against West Ham, like Arsenal are the real deal, 2.28. If this was Man City in at top of the league and they were 2.28 away at Tottenham, we'd be lapping it up. I know it's the derby and this old cliche form goes out the window, but Arsenal are the real deal and uh, 2.28, I'm, I'm backing them all day. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, well, that wraps up the Premier League. Shall we dive into the Championship then and pick out our highlights from the champ? Yeah, please take it away as I plug my laptop in because it's running out of battery. (laughs) Well, where better place to start than top of the table, Burnley? Um, You know that DJ Khaled song, All I Do Is Win? Yeah. Burnley should play that at Turf Moor because that's all they do at the moment. It's win, 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 win. Um, they have uh, the best home record in the championship. They've won nine of their 13 games at home. Um, currently on a fantastic run of form. They've won eight consecutive home games across all competitions. Uh, I think they've only lost one uh, in the league in the last 20 games. I think it was 20, 21 games. So, yeah, they're on a fantastic run. And at 1.73, you'd definitely back them to do it again. Um Coventry, not a bad side, kind of faltered recently. Uh, they've just got one win in their last seven games across all competitions. Obviously lost to Wrexham as well last weekend. And yes, it Wrexham or Wrexham. Put a lot of money in, Hollywood owners. But as a championship side, Coventry at home, you know, you've got to be beating National League Wrexham. Um, so yeah, Coventry not really impressed me in recent weeks. And yeah, I think they'll get beaten at Burnley this weekend. Agreed. Social media tease for tomorrow for a bit of content I've put out there. I'm I'm pretty annoyed with Coventry at the moment, so mm, keep yeah. an eye out. Uh, Blackburn, Tom, they're the early kickoff. So for those of you that don't like early kickoffs, turn away now. They're playing away at Rotherham. Uh, they are handsomely priced at two point two two. So. Uh, one thing I want to say is I do not believe in Blackburn's league position at all. I do not think they'll finish in the top six. I think they've been so streaky. They've scored so many bangers. They, they've been outlying XG all season and things are just flying in off people's arse. And it, I, I, it just cannot last. Surely it cannot last. I don't believe in them and their staying power. But we're not talking about the season. We're talking about this one-off game against one of the worst championship teams I've seen in a long time. I'm struggling to think of many worse. They've lost seven in a row, Rotherham, since Paul Warren's left. The the whole world has collapsed, basically. Uh, They are, at best, a League One mid-table team at the moment. At best. No attacking outlet no way of defending, shipping goals left, right and centre. You know, went away to League One Ipswich. League One Ipswich were favourites on the day and as they should be, blew them away. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1-4-1. One, one. You know, I'm I'm just pretty concerned about uh, Rotherham, to be honest with you. They've only scored in one of their last four championship games. Yeah, it's not looking good for them. Blackburn... They've got this weird quirk still, Tom. We mentioned it a long time ago. They've still not drawn a game. It's mental, isn't it? And their goal difference is zero. And they're third. So they've played 26, won 14, lost 12. So drew zero. And they've scored 30 and conceded 30. It's absolutely insane. I don't know what's going on, but I think they'll win this weekend. Yeah, well, you know, if... um... If it's a draw heading into the last 15 minutes or so, get a goal on either way. Over one point, over yeah, 1.5 goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't end the draw. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Keep an eye on in play there. 
Uh, yeah, I, I can see that one. Uh, I'm going to look at the Cardiff against Wigan game. Exciting. So this is uh, <laughs> 20th against 24th in the league. I think this will be both teams to score. It's priced at 2.08. Um, and these are mainly Wigan-centric stats for, for this one. Um, since Kolo Torres come in, the floodgates are kind of opened. <laughs> They've lost the last three championship games 4-1. So to lose three consecutive games 4-1 is is a is odd. <laughs> but um yeah, they've they've had seven consecutive games, both teams to score. They've not kept a clean sheet for 14 consecutive games, but you know, they, they are capable of getting a goal. They just concede far too many at the moment. And um just going to stick with the trend really here and I think 2.08 for it to be both teams to score again, considering how leaky Wigan are and how they are capable of scoring, seems like a decent price. Yeah, I feel I haven't watched Wigan play, but from podcasts I listen to, from Wigan fans and fan accounts we follow on Twitter, sounds like Colo's trying to overplay a bit and mm. uh, it's coming unstuck. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Tom, I'm looking at Hull City at home to Huddersfield. Uh, Men in Black, the movie. Remember when he's got that pen and he shines a light in someone's eyes and it makes them kind of wipe their memory, right? That's what we need to do with Hull. The shot at Arvaladze era, Men in Black pen, wipe it, (laughs) done, gone. Right now we've got Liam Rossini in, and things have slowly started to pick up. They've lost just one in their last six, and that was to Fulham in the FA Cup at home. We just spoke about Fulham being pretty decent this year. They've not had the toughest games, I would say. Sunderland, Blackpool, Birmingham, Wigan. Right, so we've got to call a spade a spade. That's not that difficult, but. They've avoided defeat against Sunderland and Blackpool. They've beaten Birmingham and Wigan. I think that's enough to stack up against what I think is a relegation certainty in Huddersfield. I've seen nothing from Huddersfield under Mark Fotheringham. I saw today uh, or yesterday they signed Anthony Knockart on loan. Like That is just absolute desperation. I think it was three seasons ago. That guy was at Forest, and he was completely washed. He's, he was done. I, I cannot believe he's still on the books at Fulham, to be honest with you. Um, obviously sitting on that massive contract because no one will take yeah. him. And I, I just I don't see anything from Huddersfield at all. They've lost seven of eleven on the road in terms of the kind of championship form table. It looks decent. They're in mid table. They've got ten points from eight games. So maybe they're, you know, picking up a little bit, but away from home, mate, it's it's eight points from 11. It's the worst record in the division behind Rotherham. And Rotherham's points are all stacked up from the Paul Warren era. And Huddersfield is still yet to, to uh, bypass them. So, yeah, I'm uh, yeah I'm not happy with Huddersfield and I'm back in Hull. I didn't even read the price out, I don't think. They're 2.0. They're even money. Yeah, could see that one happening. Uh, just one more for me in the champ. It's Sheffield United at home to Stoke. 1.79 for 
the Blades to get the win. Uh, we tipped Burnley in first place. Let's tip Sheffield United in second place. They're on a not quite as good run as Burnley, but they have won eight of the last 10 uh, championship games. So that's, again, some winning run, really, that they're on. Uh, fantastic form. Uh, Stoke are just meh, aren't they? 18th in the champ. It's another season of just bleh, meh. Not really mid mid tail mediocrity, just nothing. Make, make, no, make more noises. The pod, the listeners want to hear you make more more noises. About how bad they are. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fair reflection. <laughs> um, yeah, they've won just one of their last six games um, in the championship, and it would be a surprise if Stoke got something from. From the Sheffield United side, who are looking along with Burnley like the far and away the two best sides in this division. Um, at this stage, it would be a surprise if if those two weren't the top two come the end of the season. I know we've still got twenty games to go left, but um, you know Sheffield United are in the automatics by nine points, um, so it would take some collapse for for them to miss out. I think now. Agreed. League One? League One, yeah, take it away. War, we're back in the Pirates. Hey, Bristol... Jeremy <laughs> Bristol Rovers to wash up on the shores of Accrington Stanley and steal the points. 2.46. Point, <laughs> 2. They don't steal uh, they're going to plunder their points. <laughs> yeah, they're going to make them walk the plank. <laughs> Can you imagine... Uh, Right, if anyone can do a Scouse pirate, yeah, i.e. Joey Barton impression, please let us know because I'd love to get you on the pod. I wonder what I thought you were going to try and get me to do it. So I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, was, I, was, I thought about it, but I thought no. We we want to keep listeners, not scare them away. <laughs> Crystal Rovers. I've really enjoyed their form recently. I, I've been backing them, uh, putting them up on Twitter a lot, home, away, not bothered uh, where they play. They've been brilliant. They've got, for me, probably the most informed strike partnership in the entire division. And I include everybody in that. Wednesday, Plymouth, Ipswich. I don't care who you've got. They're not as good as Aaron Collins and Josh Coburn. Uh, They've even got John Marcus coming off the bench, Ryan Loft as well, but Coburn with nine and fifteen on loan from Middlesbrough. He's he's destined for big things. And Aaron Collins, first time at this level, thirteen in twenty-six. That tandem duo up front causing absolute havoc. Accrington Stanley, their top goal scorer is Sean McConville, still. Uh four goals in twenty games. As a bit of a you know, jack in the box kind of wild winger. Um yeah, Bristol Rovers, for me, just continue to impress me week in, week out. I'm kind of uh, backing them as well to get in the playoffs. I may have had a little outright over the uh, festive period for them to finish in the top six. So maybe I'm a, being a little bit biased here. But I've got the third best record over the last eight games uh, tied with three other teams. They've yielded 16 from those eight games uh, in terms of goal scoring, they're the fourth highest goal scorers. Yep. Well, I could definitely see that one coming in. I like it. Good price as well. Um, I'm going to go one lower in the alphabet. I'm going to go to Bolton. 
against Portsmouth. Bolton a 2.08 to get the win at home this weekend. Pompey got a shocking away record. One win in 14 away games in League One this season. Uh, really poor. Still without a head coach or manager. Uh, I was looking before we started the pod, um, who was rumoured to be in charge, what's going on. Uh, Liam Manning is is currently one of the favourites. He's just been at MK Dons. Um, but yeah, the chief, exec- the chief executive of Portsmouth said there's no time frame on when someone's going to be brought in. And it just seems like at the moment, they're just in a bit of a, a limbo phase. So they've got that poor away record, which I just spoke about. Um, they've not won a game since uh, they beat Stevenage in the EFL Trophy on the 13th of December. In the league, you've got to go all the way back to the 22nd of October since they won a match. And that was against Forest Green. Um, so yeah, really poor for Pompey. I just think Bolton are, are a good, solid champion, championship good solid league one side um doing well at home had some decent results uh, at home i'd say keeping clean sheets against both plymouth and derby in the most recent two home games in the league uh, nil nils both of those and uh, it it would surprise me if if bolton slipped up here uh, they've only lost one at home all season so uh, they've got a good home record i don't agree with talking to managers behind managers' backs, but in 2023, to sack somebody and not have any clue who's going to yeah. be coming in is is absolutely stupid, to be honest. I agree. With you. It's so far behind the eight ball, it's embarrassing. Um, I Honestly, Tom, I, I don't mean to shortchange you, the listeners or League One fans. There's two games I'm really excited about. I don't have any more tips. I can't wait to see what happens in Ipswich, Plymouth and Wickham, Sheffield Wednesday. Some big games this weekend, but Honestly, that's me for, for tips in League One. Quality over quantity, I think. Uh, I will chuck out one more. Derby away at Cheltenham. Oh, no. Okay, here he goes. Go on. As much as I don't like to see Derby doing well. Sorry, Derby fans who listen to the pod. Um, they are really starting to do well now under Paul Warren. Uh, obviously, Paul Warren, pretty much a, a League One specialist. And it's kind of starting to show now. He's had a few months to work his magic at Derby. Um, they're 1.82 to win away at Cheltenham Town. Cheltenham have lost four of their last five League One games. They're not in particularly great form. Derby, on the other hand, uh, no losses in 11. That's across all competitions. They've not kept a, they're not conceded a goal, sorry, for the last five consecutive games. Uh, they've won four of the last five. I just think they're, they're on really good, strong form now a derby um they pushed their way up to fourth in the league so yeah it's all going pretty well for them at the moment and it it wouldn't surprise me at all if they got another comfortable win away at Cheltenham this weekend if this was at Pride Park I'd I'd be I'd be backing them but you know very sticky away from home uh but no wins in their last four on the road um three draws and a defeat some decent performances and, like I said, some very solid displays, but I worry that they, they might not be able to, to convert those into victories. But but good luck, uh, League Two. Yeah, League Two. Um, again, there's just a few in League Two. It wasn't the best it's week 
for this league, to be honest. No. I was more looking at the bottom of the league, to be honest, rather than anything yeah. else. Um, and either I had, I was looking at, well, you've got Gillingham against Hartlepool and Rochdale against Colchester. And the two away sides were the two here that kind of piqued my interest. I'm trying to cover in two in, in one here, but um, Hartlepool are 3.8. Uh, Colchester at 3.4 and I think if you're not so confident in either of those to win on the nose you could at least look at double chance uh, Gillingham are they're bottom of the league they're on a really poor run of form they lost five in a row uh, no clean sheets in the last eight and Hartlepool have picked up a little bit uh, they've won two of their last four games and then with Colchester they've won three of the last four um, so they've started to certainly turn a corner Um so there are teams at the bottom showing signs of life that we may be able to take advantage of this weekend. Yeah, I totally agree. Leopard does change its spots in, in terms of Colchester. I've been so critical of them, but can't deny that they've had a great kind of post-World Cup festive period, whatever you want to call it. Can't take that away from them. They, they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, Leighton Orient, Tom. Kind of have to read this one out, I think. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got a tough old game against Barrow. Barrow uh, are certainly, um, you know, one of those teams that you, you don't want to play. That they're, they're sixth, so they're they're inside the playoff spots at the moment for what that's worth. But they're playing against a, a Leighton Orient team that is on pace to potentially break records um, in League Two in terms of a points haul, one point nine one. For Leighton Orion, I mean, they're top of the league. They're second in the last eight form guide. 17 points yielded from eight games. Second best home record in the league. 32 points from 13 games. For what it's worth, best away record, even though it's not really relevant. You know, third best attack, best defence by four clear goals. Having played a game more, 13 games uh, 13 goals, sorry, conceded in 25 games. I, I like Barrow. I think they're doing well overall. They have struggled somewhat over the last eight games. They are uh, fourth bottom, yielding eight points from eight games. I, I don't know if it's going to have to, from their results, it's going to have to take a big 180 for them to go away to a formidable side like the O's, and uh, and get anything from it. 1.91, potentially price of the weekend, when you consider all things wrapped up. Yeah, I don't think you touched on it then, but I was just, I had written down, they've they've kept nine out of the last 10 games. They've kept a clean sheet at home. Why? They're, they're so watertight. It's this is why we do a pod together, mate, because yeah. I embarrassingly miss that, and that you were there, <laughs> you were there to mop it up. Yeah, it's what the last five. One, hang on. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six. The last seven games in a row at home, they've kept a clean sheet. Uh, nine out of the last ten, yeah. So I definitely think they should win. I think you could probably enhance that and say they'll probably win to nil. Yep. Yep. I'm into that. That's it for me, anyway, for League Two. Good <laughs> grief. Absolutely short changing them aren't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, quality of um, lots going on in the Prem and the Champ, which usually 
is the other way around. Usually League One and League Two are the gold mines, but it's yeah. on its head at the moment. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap it all up, shall we, in a nice little bow and a treble. Yeah, so this is a part of the show where we're going to put everything together and we're going to uh, come out with a treble. We would usually recap how we did last week, but obviously it was a couple of weeks ago now. It doesn't feel overly relevant. Um, so, yeah, Tom, do you want to take away the treble for this week? Yep. So we're going to go for the following three teams. We're going to go for Burnley to beat Coventry, Sheffield United to beat Stoke, and Nottingham Forest to beat Leicester. Um, £10 example stake would return you at best odds £82.90. You Reds! Come on, you Reds! Yeah, really excited about that one. So please send us in your betting slips, uh, whether you're backing what we're backing or whether you are backing uh, your own bets. We love to see what everyone's up to and what the trends are in the betting community. Uh, Tom, let's take a long overdue look at the Fancy Football League. It's been a long time. It has. Uh, if it could remain a longer time, that would be absolutely fine with me. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, I am getting an absolute kick in the nuts. I've had green arrow after green arrow after green arrow for honestly maybe four oh, game weeks in a row, and I'm up to 245th. <laughs> 205th? No, 245th. Oh, 45th. Yeah, so... I got worried then. I thought you were overtaken. I think that's even even worse. I'd I'd rather lose every week and just see red arrows, I think. Because I can't progress. Yeah, Yeah, it is demoralised. It's a competitive league, isn't it? Very competitive. It is. is. Uh, We've got a new new leader, by the way. So I'll read out the top 10. And yeah, there's a new name at the top. So, 10th in reverse order, Jack Flaherty, Kenneth Mayer, Phil Basley, Tola A.W., Brian Spratt, Chris Postings, Michael Tomlinson, Johan Ekstrom, Dan Pinsker, and top of the table, insert drum roll, Pat Ravenhall, with Haven't Got a Clucas, where you clearly have, because you're top. So that's a, that's a new name, isn't it? In, yeah, even in the yeah. top ten, not yeah, in just the top absolutely 10. shot up. So yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. Uh, six points clear of Dan Pinsker, who kind of had a bit of a grip on top spot, I would say. Um, mm. So yeah, really exciting. If you want to join the fancy league, you can. Uh, even at this stage of the season, just make sure you got a team with an official fancy Premier League uh, app, a fancy app. And then you need to ask for the league code via Twitter, T underscore FB podcast. Please give us a follow. Uh, I I try and set a couple of goals for the new year every year. Um, One of them is to put out more content, better content, more thought out content. So if you could support me and the pod on that, T underscore FB podcast, that'd be absolutely magic. Yeah, we're doing a sterling job as it is. Um, uh, and yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we'd really appreciate if you could take the time to do that. And yeah, last of all, thanks for listening. We'll be here same time again next week. 
and uh, please do send in your bet slips if you get any winners this weekend. Good luck, everybody.